Hey guys, I'm Rachel. And I'm Erin. And this is going to be Unsettling. Deeply. Back in a different room because Aaron has house guests. <laughs> yeah. So if it sounds slightly different, I'm a lot closer to the mic and Aaron is laying down ready to take a big old snooze. And we have Ab. She's done with her salmon, which oh, is a nice. She got done eating. She's done with her fish, which is a real nice. It's kind of a relief. It is. You know, although was, I like salmon. It was a little oppressive in here for a bit. Yeah, Between I, the dead plants and the salmon, I didn't, I didn't know how much longer I was going to make it. It's a lot of death. It's a lot of death. But, um, yeah, we we have a, a lot of new listeners as of late. We don't know where they came from. I don't from. know where you guys are coming from. Hi. But we want to, um, I want to apologize for oh, yeah. everything like, <laughs> I've ever done. Aaron's like, oh, maybe we should go back and re-record, like, the first couple, because we were just, like, Not at, couple. Like, like, the like, first, like, 30. Oh, my God. Maybe, uh, not 30. Maybe, like, 15. Yeah. Like, 10 to 15. Definitely. I mean, the first, like, three, the sound quality alone was just hot garbage. I feel like I've said bad things. I, I feel like everyone goes through those growing pains, though. Yeah. But... Yeah. We may eventually do that. Without meaning to. Uh, we also have to change the day of our soft live show <laughs> because I didn't realize I have something that day. Uh, so Ab's here. Um, we're going to do a live show here. So it's soft. So we're not going to open it up to like the whole public because they'll be at like her house. Um, but it's essentially this with other people and more drinks. So. You, you just get to be our pre-soft live show. And we were going to do it on the 12th. I kind of think a Sunday would make more sense. Yeah. I played a role of like a, a rowdy fan right now. Just keep me in line. Yeah, like heckle us. <laughs> um, but the, <laughs> <laughs> Shit. Uh, the day that we pick doesn't work, so we have to figure out a Sunday that does work. Yeah. When do you go to the great state of Rado? Um, like That's the 30th. soon, right? Yeah. yeah. So, a little later. So our plan is that we'll um cord up until our live show and then after our live show we're gonna take like a legit break like yeah. a month to two months of maybe we'll re-record yeah maybe during that time we'll fix uh how much of assholes we were in the beginning yeah because you know we didn't realize anyone would ever listen to this and here we are yeah so anyway i've always been terrified and fascinated by the Ouija board. Did you ever do it? No, because oh I'm afraid God. of it. Ab, what's your opinion on the Ouija? So growing up, growing up, I uh, thought it was like the funnest, coolest thing. No. And now I'm terrified of it. Did we ever do it? My grandma convinced me that she owned the Ouija board that predicted D-Day. Oh. <laughs> and then gifted it to me. The oh. one. <laughs> such a morbid gift. Yeah. Um... Yeah, not about that juju in my life anymore. You know, I have never, I've never dabbled. I know a lot of people, like, you, you made one. We made one. Yeah, we made one at one point on a piece of, like, cardboard. Why 
There are desperate for, times call for desperate measures. Okay, first of all, what? how desperate were you that you needed to contact the literal dead? Very much so. That you, you handcrafted. It seemed like an emergency at the time. You know, it sounds like you need some urgent care, but <laughs> not an emergency situation. I played it with Lindsay one time, and my mom was sitting there, and she was like... And then it spelled out Scooter. And she was like, that's the name of my old dead dog. Scoot? Yeah, Scooter. Okay, so you made it. What did <laughs> he you didn't know what it meant, you know? What did you use as the planchette? <laughs> the planchette. The planchette. I don't, I, I don't remember. Uh, I have did you no just fucking clue. Yeah, like, did you? Yeah, just... probably a bottle cap. It, it does sound right, actually. Okay. Yeah. Scooter. And you didn't know the name of said dead dog? No. Hmm. We were like, who the fuck is Scooter? That is peculiar. Mm-hmm. I think you've told me that before. I've never played with one. I've never heard of Scooter in my life. I I only know of Toby, who was a saint <laughs> and a table. Um, But yeah, no, I've never played it. Also, apparently it's not called Ouija. It's Ouija. Oh, well, it's spelled like that. It's it's spelled Ouija, but like we've always, I've always Can we heard, refer to it as Ouija? I'm, I can't force myself to say Ouija. So right, let's good. just accept the fact that I'm I was going to like laugh the whole time. So... We're going to talk about the Ouija board, and we're going to talk about some cases related to said Ouija board. But first, I want to tell you where it came from. So, boards, <laughs> I think I put this in here specifically because you told me. Boards can be bought in, like, a store, right? Like, you can go to, honestly, Walmart and buy a Ouija board. Or you can make them yourself out of a bottle cap and a piece of cardboard. And, Whatever you need. And contact scooter. And they've been around for over 100 years. As a Ouija board. There are references to a spirit board Mm. in China as far back as 1000 AD. So, yeah. Um, They would call it Fuji or planchette, which is what Fuji translates to. Yeah. Um, And it was used as like a form of witchcraft and sorcery. So not far off, really, from what I think people consider it now. Um, It was eventually outlawed by China in the... Q-I-N-G. Is that... King. King. That's King Dynasty. Um, Boards are typically printed with letters and numbers and some words and require the use of a planchette, which is usually either like that wood or a plastic piece of heart. And I'm just telling people who haven't played with it because if you don't know, then you don't know what the fuck I'm talking about. Of course, China was like, no more. Yeah, China's like, you will not talk to the dead, but also we really respect our dead, but don't talk to them. Yeah. Okay. Um, but yeah, so the the idea and like the the basic premise of it really hasn't ever changed. It's always been like this board with letters, numbers, words, and then this piece that you would move around. Usually there's some sort of lens or hole in the middle of it that kind of directs you to exactly what they're referring to. Um and the idea was that the planchette when connected to a spirit and held by two living participant participants seemed to move across the board relaying messages from the spirit world. So it could be spelling out words letter by letter and then completing words to relay a sentence. And that was information that the spirit world wanted the participant to have. Mm. So some people would ask questions. And then in some cases, the thing just took off on its own and just started talking. <laughs> yeah. The more modern day version that we're accustomed to was a product of the American Civil War, actually. Hmm. 
Um, families were desperate to find ways to cope with the loss of their family members. Oh. Yeah. And the Ouija board offered a line of communication to those that had passed on. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. As the spiritualist movement began, the use of the Ouija board fit right in line with what they were trying to accomplish, which was to understand that something has to happen after death. It can't just be like the end. Oh, Yeah. And although it did offer some peace and closure to families, it also had the chance to take a very dark and uncontrollable turn, which is what I think most people know the Ouija board for, right? Yeah. it's. I mean, your scooter is really the outlier here. I don't think... <laughs> no, we had... I used to play with my one, my one friend, Becky McGurk, if you're listening. Yeah? We had, like, a big vase, yeah. And she was like, there's a demon on the board. And we were, like, convinced there was, like, a demon talking to us. But I think Becca was just fucking with us, like, looking back. Like, that's more likely. Oh, God, I didn't realize you had a Ouija board phase. That, that, that it explains, lasts like a while. That explains a lot, honestly. Um, most people are in one of two camps when it comes to the Ouija board. You either don't touch it or it has to be fake, right? Yeah. Abby's don't touch. But she used to play. Mm-hmm. Um, Hasbro is actually the owners of the patent. Mm-hmm. And it, they market it as a game. But some cases that I have found argue that it could be a lot more sinister than just like a game. Yeah. So the first case that I found interesting that uses the Ouija board as a sinister vessel to communicate a message uh, left an innocent woman murdered. So in 1929, because again, this thing has been around for a long time. <laughs> as long as Forrest Ben. Oh, man. The, yeah. Uh, in 1929, two women were using a Ouija board on an Indian reservation. They specifically said Indian. I know it's now Native American, but... Um, Indian Reservation outside of Buffalo, New York. Well, that's fucked up. Yeah. Nancy Bowen, who was 66, was a tribal healer. Oh. And the other person using it was Lila Jimerson, who was 36 and worked in a school on the reservation. Oh, so Nancy was like, this is cool. Nancy was trying to speak to her husband, Charlie Bowen, who they called Sassafras Charlie, which I just found funny. I love it. Um... And she wanted to get some closure from his quick and unexpected death. Mm. So she was the tribal healer for, the, like, the Indian Reservation. And somehow she learned of this Ouija board and thought that it would be a good option to talk to Charlie. Mind you, it's 1929. Yes. What? Where's your 1920s voice? It's 1929. The Ouija board is <laughs> just been introduced. Get your paper. Talk um, to the dead. <laughs> <laughs> so these two women, 66... Uh, Nancy Bowen, the one whose husband passed away, and Lila Jimerson's 36, were playing with the Ouija board, and they were astonished when the planchette started to glide across the board and spelled out, they killed me. Oh. Mm-hmm. <gasps> Nancy furthered her questioning with the spirit, asking who, and the spirit went on to spell out the killer's name, letter by letter, and also offered their address, their home address, and a description of what they looked like. Ah. Yeah. The board also warned Nancy that she would be next unless she took care of the killer. So Nancy began to receive letters from the killer saying that she put a hex. So the killer of her husband. Yeah. Saying that she put a hex on her and that he put a hex on Nancy. That the killer put a hex on Nancy. Okay. And that the killer was a witch and the only way to protect herself from the witch was to kill the witch. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Which she now has her address, what she looks like, and her name. Mm-hmm. 
1930, and I just love this name, Clothilde. Clothilde? Is that right? Clothilde? I it's don't know. C-L-O-T-H-I-L-D-E. I think it's Clothilde. It sounds right. Um, so in 1930, Clothilde Marchand was living in Buffalo with her husband and their 12-year-old son. Clothilde, her husband worked outside of the home as a sculptor, while Clothilde stayed home to care for their son. Her husband and son had left for the day. He, her son was obviously going to school. Husband was going to work. And Clothilde was surprised when there was a knock at the door. She answers the door and is immediately hit over the head with a hammer. Ah! And drugged back into her home. Like mm. someone dragging her body back into her home. The woman then began to beat Clothilde to death with a hammer leaving her body at the bottom of the stairs. And it wasn't until her son, Clothilde's son, came home from school that she was discovered. So people immediately assumed it was the husband. Yeah. That's just how that works. And there was really no evidence to support that. The only connection that Henry, the husband, had to any of this was, you know, he's, he's just the husband, but he was working on a reservation. Because he was a sculptor that did dioramas Mm -hmm. of Native American, like, scenery. Okay. So he would spend a lot of time at the reservation to get, like, a very authentic view of what he was working on. Okay. So he was, you know, at the reservation sculpting the diorama. And the police, because there was no other leads, they decided to go to where he was working. Mm -hmm. So they go to the reservation and... They start to question people on the reservation about Henry. And they were surprised in the investigation when one name kept coming up, which was Lila Jimerson. Do you remember her? The teacher? The Yes. The police would find out about the session with the Ouija board between Nancy and Lila and how Henry drove Nancy, the 66-year-old, to his house the morning his wife was killed. And that Lila and Henry had been having an affair for months. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And the murder was going to let them be together. <coughs> Lila. Mm-hmm. So she set it up. Mm-hmm. All three individuals were tried. In Lila's this- like the original hoe. Yeah. Right. The yeah. 19- 1930s hoe. <laughs> See, this is like a, something I'll probably re-record. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, all three individuals were tried. Nancy stating that she did it to save herself. Henry said that he had had affairs with too many women to count. Oh, my goodness. He was the original Mm hoe, as a matter of fact. And he didn't think it would work out. Like, the whole murderer and him with Lila. He didn't really see a future in it, but, you know, he didn't didn't stop her either. And he drove Nancy to the house. Yeah. Good guy. And Lila said that she was in love with Henry and that this was how they would be together. During the trial... Lila had a med- medical emergency, so they called a mistrial. And when they attempted to retry them, Henry had moved out of state to marry his 18-year-old niece. Ew. Yeah, disgusting. So no charges were ever filed. Ew. Also, Henry said he he did, like I said, he had a lot of affairs, too many to count. He said he had so many affairs with women on the reservation because he wanted to be be able to accurately render what their bodies looked like in his dioramas. Okay. And that Clothilde was completely okay with their open relationship. He probably didn't have to have sex with them as well. Right? Yeah. But no, that's what he he said. They're very... (laughs) (laughs) So that was the first one. 
uh, well, the first case that was directly related to the Ouija board. Okay. And used as like, it's not what we thought here. No. So the next one, in 1995, in London, 19-year-old David McCullum was convinced that he was having direct conversations with Satan himself through the use of his Ouija board. The boy would talk for hours on end to Satan and began to receive details instruct detailed instructions on how to craft a DIY altar. Just by himself, mm-hmm. he's using it. Yeah, you're not. I don't. Okay. I don't think that. I don't, I've yeah. never. Yeah, but he learned how to make an, an altar, decorate his room as a shrine to Satan, and dress in black occult style clothing, all because okay. Satan told him to. Um, Satan also told David that he needed to make a human sacrifice to please him. So David began planning. Michael Eridge was 15 and walking home from school when he crossed paths with David. David asked Michael to come back to his house to watch movies. And there was also another boy with Michael, but he wasn't named. He didn't die because of this interaction. He wasn't charged and because he's a, a, he's child. a child. Yeah. yeah. So there is another boy here, but we don't know his name. I feel like he had some other issues beforehand, personally. Yeah. Likely, right? Yeah. So these two boys followed David home and were horrified to find out that his room was literally a shrine to Satan. Like, imagine you walk into somebody's bedroom and it's like, what the fuck? And it's 1995. Like, you don't have a cell phone. You can't call your mom. Like, what are you going to do here? Uh, ah! Yeah. So... David forced the unnamed boy to use the Ouija board with him, and David said that the Ouija board instructed David to kill Michael. So, David took out a foot-long combat knife and stabbed Michael 11 times. That's a big-ass knife. Yeah. It was giving this kid the knife, too. It's like a machete at this point, yeah. right? Like a foot. That's a that's a honking knife. He's acquiring this stuff. And he, yeah. So... Then, because he's a genius, David wrapped Michael's body in blankets and then threw it out the seven-story window. How did he even pick it up? Okay. Like, that was just going to, you know, no one's going to be like, hey, where'd this body come from? Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. He thought it was fine. Michael was found, obviously, shortly thereafter. His body was found, unfortunately. And when police came to question David, ugh, I hated typing this. When police came to question David, he stood in the doorway grinning and just said, I'm guilty. Ooh. And just smiled at the police. I feel a little creeper. Mm-hmm. So that was the second murder directly caused by the Ouija board. So well. now we're going to go to 2015. And we don't normally do trigger warnings, but this is an animal abuse part. No! And I know you guys Fuck are, that! Yeah, you guys are both dog people. I am a dog person, but I have a child, so that trumps my dogness. But... Shit. Just, just buckle in. So we're in 2015, right? In England, again. Are you guys okay over there? Like, I know... I know America's pretty bad, but you guys okay? Um, <laughs> utility workers were called to the home of 51-year-old Paul Carroll. After Carol was having a blockage in his sink. Okay. Yeah. The utility workers began to work um, to dislodge the clog and were surprised by the amount of, like, dog hair. Oh, no! And what happened to be, like, meat in the drain. Ew. Raw. Yeah. Upon closer inspection, the meat was attached to the fur. Ah! So the authorities were called. You see, Paul Carroll... 
the 51-year-old, was dabbling with the Ouija board on Christmas Eve. By himself again? It didn't say he was with anyone, so we'll assume he was by himself. It keeps happening. Yeah. I mean, at 51 on Christmas Eve, you got nothing better to do. We have to read the Hasbro box yeah. where it says, like, two plus players. Two plus know? players and eight, what's it, like, eight to a hundred? Ages. That's what happens when you fucking play by yourself. <laughs> we told you you need two plus. <laughs> That's how you get Satan. So, it's Christmas Eve. He's got nothing better to do. So he's Ouijaing it up by himself. And through the course of doing this, he was convinced that his dog, Molly, had become possessed. Mm-hmm. Molly had become uncontrollable after this interaction, and Paul did the only logical thing he could think of. He killed his dog, Molly, to free her from the possession. He then tried to bury her in the backyard. That but, would have probably been better than what he did. You know, and he said that he thought he might get caught, but, like, for the most part, even if you live somewhere that you're not supposed to bury a dog, you can still, like, start... <laughs> anywhere. Yeah, but, like, you could still say, like, oh, I didn't realize I wasn't supposed to bury yeah, my dog. It's yeah. not like it's a person. Yeah. It's so... That would be more of a logical place to start than... Abby, how many animals are in your mom's yard? Liability reasons, and I'm going to answer that question. <laughs> I will tell you that my parents. Don't you? Oh no, the horse was given away. Yeah, oh. there's at least a pig in your back. Where's is that? Two. Where Daisy is? Yeah, yeah. I will tell you that my parents have become the resting point of like all of our family animals <laughs> because like Clark is never going to leave. He can't move all of his treasures. So yeah. like when Susie's dog died, we buried it in my parents' backyard because she lives in a like a development and has like a pool. <laughs> And she's like, what What happens if Marty, like, makes her way into the pool? <laughs> Marty! That's Marty's final resting spot? Yeah, I had to dig Marty's hole. But yeah, like... Unless it was small. Uh, you know, it, it was still pretty big. It's always more than you think. Well, she kept her in her bed, and oh. the bed was really big. Oh, that's really sad. It was really... I mean, she was really old. Yeah, she so, was fucking really old. I, Katie was watching her when Marty died. We actually, oh, yeah, that's right. We had to put Marty down because Susie was on vacation. It yeah. was a whole fucking thing. But That's the worst. Yeah, and he, my phone actually went to sleep because of how long we've been talking about dead dogs. So anyway, um, he didn't want to so bury... <laughs> he didn't want to bury her in the backyard because he didn't want to get in trouble. So then he thought to dismember his dog and just try to dispose of her in the sink. No. Yeah. Um, Once the utility workers found this and the police came in, he was charged with animal cruelty. Thankfully. That's like the most logical charge we've had in this entire thing. It is. So what is the psychological aspect to the Ouija board, right? Like, if you're in the camp that this is just fake, like, how does it work? From a scientific perspective... It, it's actually a little more scary than just thinking that people are just weird or the unknowns of the potential paranormal activity that could be going on. Scientists believe that two factors cause Ouija boards to work. A strong subconscious in the need of an answer of something. Yeah. And something known as the idiomotor effect. So the idiomotor effect is the concept that even though the holders of the planchette believe they are keeping their hands still. They're not. Their mind has already made a decision, and their mind is so strong that it's moving their hands in tiny increments to get the answer that it wants, 
all of this happening in their subconscious, so they're not aware. Yeah. I'm with it. But, I mean, that's that's a little scary, too. Like, if you wanted someone to say, like, you should kill somebody, if that's in the back of your head, that's not great. I mean, but it might not be there as a genuine thought. It's probably yeah. there because you're playing a Ouija board. Yeah. Like, your subconscious doesn't always make sense. That's true. Yes. Yes, you know? we have talked about that before. Like, intrusive thoughts and whatnot. Yeah, so I feel like you're, it's already, there's a lot of context around it. Mm-hmm. So, there you go. So... What are your thoughts on the Ouija board? Um, uh, I like that scientific explanation. Mm-hmm. That was good. Um, but who's going to explain away Scooter, you know? That's what I mean. And then there's, like, a ton of cases that you just can't explain. Yeah. You didn't know Scooter. I didn't. Not on a personal level or any level at all. Any point of reference. You had no point, no way to reference the name Scooter. No. No. Ab, bad juju, D Day. You were <laughs> gifted the, the precursor to D Day. That's horrifying. That is. You hold a lot of power with that thing. That was a good one. I liked Thanks. your case examples. <laughs> there is billions that you could have picked from. What was the one that you were telling me about? I told. I I was listening to this case and like the jury. I only remember the case and the jury went to be sequestered in a hotel and they were all like adults. Obviously you have to be and be on the yeah. jury and they all got drunk and they were like, we should do a Ouija board. Really? Yeah. And like a bunch of like all the jury members were like, this is a great idea. And it was like, he killed her or something. Really? And then one of them felt like so bad about it. Cause the guy did end up getting convicted, <gasps> but like he probably should. Based Probably. on what I remember, like, it, it tracked for sure. I think he still was in jail after because they did, like, a mistrial. Like, it was a whole fucking thing. Okay. With the Ouija board. Wild. Right? The Ouija board. That was a weird one. Yeah, no, I never, um, I never fucked with the Ouija board. Which is interesting because when I was looking at things to, like, make our logo or, like, our podcast, whatever, artwork... I started with the idea of, like, a planchette, which is funny because I've never played and mm. I don't want to because I just don't, you know, on the very small chance that it could be real, I don't want to invite that into my life. I'm with you now. I've long since thrown away my board. What? Are you supposed to do that? I don't know. But it's not I don't not think you're here. supposed to throw it away. Well, it, it's gone. Okay. Well, that's fine. Nothing well. bad has happened yet. Okay. Well, a ton of bad things have happened, but no, I'm not going to attribute it to the I, Ouija I board. Wouldn't, I wouldn't put that on the Ouija board. <laughs> the disposal specifically of the Ouija board. Yeah, I'm not going to put it all on that. In, like, Everything that I said that was wrong and terrible in oh, our past yes. episodes yes. is because I threw away Specifically, episodes the Ouija 1 board. through 30 yeah. is because you didn't properly dispose of said Ouija Ab- board. Absolutely. But yeah, that's the Ouija board. That's where it comes from. That's what people use it for. Well, thanks. That's how your brain works. Okay. Thank you. Thanks thanks for hanging out with us, Salmon Girl. You got it, pig. (laughs) (laughs) That'll do, pig. Bye. Bye. (laughs) She's taking a breath. I'm like, no, you ain't. You won't breathe. Bye. (laughs) 